Guru Nation, thank you for listening to episode 756 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interview Dominique Austin, the one and only. She's a clinical trial associate, mentor, healthcare advocate. She also started as one of my favorite positions in healthcare, medical assistant. And in this episode, we discuss her career journeys and all that that involves Thank you really quick to my sponsors. Shout out to Viva, Viva Site Fault. It is free, e-regulatory, e-signature, e-delegation log, everything in one place. Thank you so much, Viva Site Vault. Next sponsor on the list is Inato. Free business development. I've been on there regularly looking for new studies. I just applied to two new ones this week. Hopefully we get them. They look interesting. Absolutely free. Check it out. If you are a site that has some experience, it might be worth looking into. Next sponsor on the list, Creo. The only one that's not free for my sponsors. But thank you very much to Creo for everything that you do. Esource, Ereg, CTMS, patient recruitment, marketing, auto text, e-consents. You name it. It's there. I love it. It's a must for my site. We'll grow into it just like you will if you check it out. And with all that being said, enjoy the show. Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode. We have a very special guest, Dominique Austin. She is a clinical trials associate, a mentor, healthcare advocate, brand ambassador for Black Women in Clinical Research. But I know her because of TikTok where you guys and gals watching, you may not be on very much. And I'm on there, not as much as I should, but Dominique's on there a lot. <laughs> and that's how I discovered her. I keep seeing her stuff. And it's like inspiring posts about careers and research. So one of her posts caught my eye. It said, I started as a medical assistant and now I'm a CTA at a CRO and she's at a big CRO. Her LinkedIn is underneath this video and in the podcast. If you're listening, go connect with her. But, you know, I got tired of like just saying the same thing over and over. So whenever mm -hmm. I see someone else, that's literally not just saying what I'm saying, but they lived it. That's Dominique. She lived it. MA. I was never an MA. I just work with MAs and I know what they can do. <laughs> but Dominique yeah. is, You'll always still be an MA. She yeah. is an MA that's now moved on to bigger and better things in our industry. So thank you so much for coming on, Dominique. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I'm glad I, we were able to connect last minute and um, get you on. Why don't you tell us how you get started, like your MA, your MA role, what kind of a yes. setting you were at and all okay. that kind of stuff. Um, so I won't go like too far back, but I did, um, <laughs> I do have my bachelor's and, um, originally I actually started with pursuing nursing and I then found out that I didn't believe that nursing was for me. 
Um, so I knew about clinical research all of my life because I had a family member that actually worked in clinical research. So I had the opportunity to be able to see um, what life was like within this career. Um, she was a clinical research associate. So it kind of piqued my interest because she will always like be at home and traveling. And I'm like, what do you do? Like, I mean, so I asked her and um, after I graduated from college, I then started to actively pursue this career and just do research regarding like the steps that I need to take considering that I already have my bachelor's. So um, I then moved forward and I did actually watch some of your videos and I just decided that, you know, I, I initially I was gonna become like a nurse again, but then I was like, you know, I don't believe it's necessary for me because I have a bachelor's degree. So I went and got my uh, CCMA, Certified Medical Assistant certification. And it, it was a three month course that I did. And I then went into working into ENT at a doctor's office where I was able to acquire, you know, clinical skill sets that will allow me to uh, gain some more experience, right? So I gained experience within this uh, career and just being a medical assistant, which was really fun, nice. I learned a lot. And then I transitioned over to the site working as a research assistant. So that's where I really kind of broke into the career. And I do believe that me being a medical assistant allowed me to do that because of the experience, mm -hmm. clinical skill sets that I obtained. And that's what I've seen a lot of these like sites are looking for in regards to the lab technician roles or the medical or research assistant roles, CRC roles. So um, it was just the transferable skills that I had that um, caught their eye for me to transfer over. Oh, yeah. The MA, I mean, I as a site owner in a kind of underserved community here in Yuma, there are no trained, there's no such thing as a trained CRC, only the ones that worked for us. Uh, mm -hmm. So we have to hire like for potential and mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm out here preaching to the ma's and cna's on a weekly basis like you guys you know you have no idea what this industry can afford you so i'm so glad when i ran across your tiktok and i saw that you're also telling people basically the same thing i mean they have they have no idea dominique that like when you're an ma cna farm tech lab tech you know phlebotomy tech all that stuff's like kind of you get similar ceilings right like you mm -hmm. go only make so much until that's it like and then okay maybe they'll let you be like the lead ma but right. even then like that's not much of a difference yes. but in research you're talking about like shattering through ceilings and really yeah. doing like as much as you want to do yeah, I just did a, um, it's funny you said that I just did, uh, made some content, did a video about that because when I, you know, of course, when I was in May, this was a stepping stone for me, but I did realize as I was in this space that a lot of people did, were not aware of clinical research. And as I continued to, you know, especially get into the career, I realized like, wow, there's not a lot of people within healthcare that are aware of this career. And as soon as I transitioned over into my position, my income increased 20K. So, I mean... <laughs> as soon as you went from MA to clinical research assistant, you weren't even coordinator. You were basically a coordinator, but you were called a clinical yeah. research assistant, right? Yeah. So I did a video talking about that because I'm like, you know, just like you're saying, as an MA, you know, you only you know, the 
earning potential within this role is so much right and then sometimes you have to go and or you have to do so many years until you get a raise or you may have to go back to school if you only have your associates so you know there's a lot of discussion we can have regarding that but just being able to transition over into clinical research and then increase your salary with the skills that you already have and then potent you know the career advancement already with you transitioning into clinical research increases as well um, yeah. so. but how did you because we know like when we're on the other side it's obvious right but there's probably ma you probably have ma followers on tiktok or cna that for them it's not so obvious it still seems risky like well this sounds like a scam you know when i have inter job interviews for the majority of people that apply are ma cnas Mm -hmm. They all tell me, I th I thought this was a scam. Like before I came in, I thought, what is mm -hmm. this? I've never heard of clinical research. It sounds like something shady going on. You know, mm -hmm. it's too good to be true almost because of what they're used to doing. And then what we do is like kind of different. Mm -hmm. Well, I've never heard of that. But um, I mean, I could see how that, you know, could they could think that but um what did I mean, you think though how did you know about research though like when you were at ma doing ear nose and throat what did you well i i was i already had exposure to it because of ah. i had a member that um worked in clinical research so i guess for me that's why you know i just ah. always knew about it because she was always like a mentor to me anyway gotcha. so I never had that mindset of like not knowing about the career. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but I, I could say that, you know, for people that have that mindset, like to just do the research, you know, like look and see, because like you, you know, you have content about it. I have content. There's people that have credible sources that are in the career, right? Where you can go and, and just look and see like, this is real, you know, like this is actually a career. This is something that is necessary within healthcare. I mean, it's just a matter of like obtaining the information for you to have a sound understanding of it. And then just recognizing that, okay, well, this is something that I actually can do because especially if you're MA or CNA, like you typically already have the skill sets to transition over. Um, so, yeah. So you knew, that's right. Good point. You brought that up. You knew about it from a family member, family friend, right? A family member. Yes. Yeah. And so that they also were a CTA. So that's important part. So you got lucky basically because not, not everyone gets lucky. Like a lot of people imagine, imagine uh, Dominique, if that wasn't the case, like you, you know, you'd be MA for five, 10 years and then maybe just like a lifer. I know a lot of MAs that that's going to be their career and there's nothing wrong with that, but a lot of them, I know they want more. A lot of them feel underappreciated and underpaid and overworked. The MAs are some of the hardest working people in, yes. in healthcare. <laughs> yes, I definitely understand. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly why I took the initiative to um, make a platform promoting clinical research and just really life the life within clinical research too because I know there's a lot of information out there regarding the roles the position and the knowledge but I know for me like when I was in college I just wanted to see like okay like what would my life potentially look like if I transitioned over to this role or this career so that's a lot of 
that a lot of things like what I do on my platform as well just kind of showcasing the life like understanding like the things that are people are saying this is true this is what life looks like I you know I work in this career you can see it it's real um so I would I would have loved to have that like when I was in college um to be able to say and be able to kind of just analyze and and say, well, you know, that looks like something I would be willing to do, or no, I don't think that is for me. So, yeah. So from research assistant, which was basically a coordinator from what it sounds like at the site, yeah. uh, you moved on to a CRO. Did you get approached by them, or you put your resume out, or did you always want to be in a CRO? Yeah, so um, I did want to be a CRO because I was definitely interested um, working remotely. Um, so I did reach out to different CRO companies and um, the one that I work for now, I reached out to them and they, you know, went, went through the process, phone interview, interview, and then I was hired within like a week, honestly. Um, wow. But what's interesting, because I know I have a lot of people that, you know, they're like, well, nothing's working. I'm not getting calls. And I just, you know, one, you have to be very patient because as I started the process of applying, you know, it didn't happen right away. Maybe I think I was applying maybe for three months or around two, three months. Um, and this was I was, you know, an RA at this time. And when I actually initially applied to my company, I didn't, I did a phone interview, but there was no response, but then they called me back and then we went through the full process. So, um, you know, I just tell people, you just keep applying, like, don't give up. And you just never know, like what the company may, um, be experiencing at that time. Yes. And another thing, I'm glad you brought it up. It doesn't happen overnight. Although for you, it almost did. It was 10 months of you being an RA that you got your CRO job. But here's what they really want to see. They want to see someone working somewhere else already, especially a CRO. They're not, if you have that purple looking to work thing on your profile, I mean, I, I'm going to sound like maybe some people won't like it, whatever. The way I feel, you shouldn't. Be applying when you're desperate. You should be applying when you already have something, but you want to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. And I know that's like chicken and the egg. There's some times where you don't have a job. Well, yeah, then what else can you do? Well, you can intern, you can volunteer, but you got to be productive when you apply, especially when it's these CROs or sponsors. It's going to take time. Like you heard from Dominique, it was like three months. It wasn't three days. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah so and and literally that's what I did like that's interesting that you said that because initially I was just like oh my gosh like I want to you know move up but then when I just just you know just kept applying and just let it go it just seems like that's when <laughs> they contacted me and I you know I got the position so yeah I agree. yes what how was it at the site that you were the research assistant how how did um how are your experiences there do you think um it was really fun and i will say that i learned a lot and during this time of the transition i will say there was a lot of stressful times <laughs> i learned how to 
I've already knew how to work under pressure, but I learned how to work under pressure in like a, you know, I really uh, strengthened this skill. I strengthened my leadership skills, um, organization skills, just like a lot of skills I was able to strengthen with transitioning over to the site um, and working in clinical research. But as I obtained the experience and I kept going day by day, I got better and the pressure kind of alleviated, right? And it helped me to understand why experience is so important in clinical research, because a lot of times, you know, you have to have experience to continue to move forward and you have to do these tasks and these different things in order to gain the experience. Um, because as you do them more, you are, they become easier for you. Right. Yep. So it was, I, I learned a lot and I was able to have my hands in a lot too, because I did lab processing and, um, lab samples, I mean, vitals, patient visits, data entry. So I was able to see so many different sides and spectrums. I even sometimes assisted in the pharmacy. Um, so it, it was just a lot. I just learned a lot and it was really, really fun. Um, you learned so. so much at the site level that people don't appreciate that enough, I don't think. And the only places that will hire People with no research experience are sites. From yeah. what I'm aware of, that's the only yeah. places that are going to mess with you guys is like people like me. Like I need to find somebody that has potential, you know, mm -hmm. and like MA, CNA, like you said, it's perfect because you already have so many transferable skills that we need. Now it's just a matter of teaching research. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I mean, I've seen people that have not, worked at the site, get hired at CROs, but I will say it's only been because of like a referral or uh, they know someone, right? <laughs> and that's just true. I mean, that's true. That's true. Do <laughs> so, they last though? Do they last? You know, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know either. The sad <laughs> thing is they do last because even if it doesn't work out at that CRO, they have that experience, they can go to another one. And then by that point, they've learned something already to not get fired so yeah. <laughs> this industry is crazy because there's so much going on and there's so few people that are qualified enough to do the jobs yes yeah that you can get away with a lot um which is kind of what makes the negative stuff of people lying to get jobs and you know all that stuff there there is a lot of that going on um Wow. That's unfortunate, but yeah. most people that if you want to work your way into the space, you can. Like if you're an MA, look what Dominique did. If you're a CNA, if you're a lab tech, whatever ancillary roles there are, it's that's the blueprint. Yeah, you move from that to a site, and then either stay at the site forever, and that's up to the site to keep you. Right at that point, like I want to have keep my good employees. I don't want my good employees going to a CRO. So at yeah. that point, I'm competing, you know, if I want to keep Dominique and she's got a CRO, I want Dominique to talk to me and I'm telling Dominique, hey, what can we do to make you stay here? Yeah, they pay more, but do you realize this, this and that? You got to travel and CTA, you don't travel, do you? Um, So I have traveled, but I, it's not like I don't travel as much, but if if they need me to, right, then I will. I have went on um, a work trip 
but it's not consistent like a CRA. Um, yeah. Yeah. CRA is steady travel, but that's why they get paid the big bucks that they do. Uh, mm -hmm. Is, is that something you've thought about doing or do you, are you okay that, with the that actually is my long, um, that's actually like why I started moving into the career initially, um, to become a CRA. And as I become, I, being within the CTA role as my company, because we may, we, we assist the project managers. Cause I know some CTAs assist the like, uh, CTMs or CRAs. Right. But I like the, I like how they kind of, have the role within my company because it allows me to see like all spectrums of the CRO because I'm on I, like I'm working with project management so like I'm seeing clinical operations data management regulatory you know and I was able to kind of just see like kind of what the other roles are doing to just kind of at one point in time I was like you know let me just really sit back and see if I want to be a CRO because I do also want to tell people because I know there's a lot of people that want to be a CRA but they're not thinking about like all of what that really comes with right <laughs> they're not thinking about anything except the pay that they heard their yeah. friend is getting yeah it's it's a little bit more than you know what people I believe are uh seeing because <laughs> even like when I went on my um first work trip and you know travel and a lot of money it sounds nice but like if you're someone that travels a lot it's one draining traveling a lot is draining you have to take that into consideration and then clinical research in general is not it's not an easy career I mean it's challenging especially within the CRA role so you're having to meet demands you're having to meet timelines along with traveling and um you know and then taking into consideration like I know I've had I've talked to people that they did this role and they were like had a family or, you know, there's just so many things that you just have to kind of think about that it's besides like the money and the travel. Right. Um, Cause I know a lot of people, they say, you know, for someone that doesn't have, like, I don't have kids, I don't have a family. So ideally, okay, that's, that's good. But when you're implementing and thinking about the fact that you may have a family and things like that, you have to take in consideration that you may not be at home as much and um, things like that. So um, yep. quality of life. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest draw points of sites. You know how many CRAs Dominique go back to being coordinators for a, take a huge pay cut. Like there's a lot that do that. And they, they might do the CRA thing, you know, okay, I'll get my money right now for five years, seven years, but then they want to go have family and it's really tough. I've interviewed mothers, fathers, uh, CRAs that do it, single mothers. Yeah. I, hats off to them because it's, I, I don't see how they're able to do it. And the site can afford those luxuries, even at the cost of less pay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. But people um, don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> so I'm glad. Don't. Bless your heart. You're on TikTok doing that because that we need more of that. We need reality check for people out there. Yeah, definitely reality check. And um, I was glad that I was able to just kind of see and just kind of even consider these other roles like project management or um, just uh, opening my mindset to other things, you know, that are not just within clinical operations. Um, because I mean, project management, I mean, I think that's a good path to go down in. Um, yeah, yeah. 
they they still even sometimes travel right i mean it depends on where the company work for right um but there's so many different roles that you could you know fulfill that still make a lot of money and you may they may not be as demanding so um i think CTM people just, too yeah ctm right um i think people just have to really like honestly ask themselves like is this something i'm really passionate about like do i really honestly like you know, the role and the job duties that the CR, you know, that the CRA does because there's mm -hmm. other things that come with it. So, yeah. But yeah, I know. But it, like, do people really ask themselves that? Like, you know, they, we all, they'll hear it from me. They'll hear it from you now. They'll hear it from others. But they still, when you need a certain income, you know, you're going to do what you need to do to get that job. And then you'll realize later. Hey, you know what? This was a little too stressful. I'm gonna push back on my CRA. I'm gonna ask my line manager if I could be an in-house CRA or you know, the other roles they have, CTA. Um, so we see a lot of that. And that that's why I think there's a lot of turnover in this yeah. industry too. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So in the and then just the pressure too. I know that um that role has a lot of pressure, um, I believe. So that that's something to take in consideration as well <laughs> a lot and then it also age you know where you are in terms of planning family or not mm -hmm. the way i see it is try to get as many skills as you can like be a generalist in a short period of time as possible so that you're kind of always uh in demand um yeah and we've seen people do that that have gone on to start their own consulting companies and because they're, they know basically everything. So when a small biotech wants to launch a study, you know, they'll call this person and say, Hey, you know how to do like the majority of these things, or at least you could connect us with people. And those are the kind of people that really provide value and get paid disproportionate to their skills, the hours they put in. Um, because they're getting paid for their value, not so much for the hours. So once you shift that paid for hours, which we all have to do it initially, to some extent, we're always doing it. But if you can get to that paid for value, I think that's like when magic happens. Yeah, I agree. That's um, that's my family member that I mentioned to you. She's my aunt, and that's something that she did as well. Um, that she did actually that exact thing. Um, <laughs> so Super I mean, good. yeah, and and that's why I like clinical research too. There's so many, there's so much opportunity within the career. I mean, there's so many, I mean, different paths you can go down. I mean, if you just wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I don't want to work in clinical operations anymore. Let's try data management. I mean, <laughs> or let's go to finance. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> there's so many different avenues and um I, that's another thing that I like about it and just like you said the consulting um being a consultant and Huge. having yeah, I mean, if you're entrepreneur minded or if you are the type of person that maybe one year you're like on this path and then the next year you're like oh I want to do something different I just I think this is a good career for people like that um, yeah I just interviewed earlier today this is my work from home day so I interviewed um a pharmacist who became she got sick of being a pharmacist it's not unlike your story really it's just she was a pharmacist 
and she got tired of her job and she took a step back to be like a research assistant also and then now she's a pharmacovigilant like clinical trial manager she's written protocols in like two years two years that's great i mean like it's so many i mean and then with clinical research you're like always learning something new right like i'm the type of person i love i just i actually i love learning right it's what keeps me going and I I will say when I worked in healthcare, I mean, there was things that I learned, but it was pretty redundant. I will say it was like, you come, you go to work and you're doing kind of the same task. And that honestly bored me. (laughs) So I like in clinical research, how, you know, you're, you're always learning something new. There's always something more to learn. Um, And, you know, there's always a different path you can go down or something that comes up so i'm more of a like always something new you're right the science because we're on the we're on the forefront of science so these are things that are not proven yet Mm -hmm. and what nine out of ten of them will fail but that doesn't mean you wasted your time on those things because you're still learning something different about what could work next time so you're and it's all therapeutic area expertise like you're gaining all that whether the drug gets approved or not doesn't matter. You're gaining your skill set and you're really becoming like a few, you know, part of the few people out there that actually know what they're doing in this space. I mean, there's even the jobs you have, the job I have, there's not that many people that could just do what we do. It takes years to get the experience. <laughs> it definitely does. It's It's not... I, and that's all what we were saying earlier with people that are just wanting to get in this career for the money. I I try to tell people like just be very careful with that because it's you just like just really doing this self analysis like can I work under pressure? Can I, you know, can I am I really fit for this career? Because you know everyone is it looks nice and it is wonderful, but you I just believe you just have to have certain skill sets to like strive in this career or prosper um because it it can be challenging at times um so for me I realized about myself that I actually like working under pressure it's one of my strong skill sets so for me this is a perfect career for me but there's some people that that's not something that you know they're strong at or even like doing like some people just don't like working under pressure and I believe that this is a career that you know you should you you might want to have that <laughs> skill set under your belt and um and like learning and things like that. So it's everything. I'm on your TikTok right now. Okay. Uh, hashtag clean girly. Everybody go. Con- well, you connect with connect with Dominique on LinkedIn and then message her and then she'll give you the TikTok because TikTok's weird with uh links and all that or maybe i'm just old dominique or, all yes. well all of my social media handles is the dominique austin so uh, i see it yeah the dominique austin so mm-hmm. are you the biggest tiktoker researcher now what i don't know <laughs> you, get, you get good follower i follow yeah i follow you the dominique austin four thousand forty two hundred approaching it's really good. What inspired you to do the TikTok? Okay, this this may this is funny to me because actually like no one really around me knows clinical research and I always say like clinical research is kind of like a foreign language 
to people that don't, you know, that don't work in the career. And I would talk to people like my friends about it, but they didn't really know what I was talking about. So I was like, you know, I'm going to post on social media and just raise awareness. And then um, people just started gravitating to it. And I'm like, okay, now I have a community where we're all on the same page and you know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I just kind of wanted to make relatable content, funny content, and just, you know, informative content all in one. So that's really why I started. I just wanted to yeah. be able to this career for people's awareness and it just kind of just blew up I, yeah I just, and i just followed on instagram too you have this one pinned yeah uh, what because your hashtag's clinic early yeah. when you're a black girly that works in clinical research work from home have a great salary get unlimited see this is the kind of stuff that works people you guys you guys think TikTok is like a joke. This is actually get like eyeballs. We yeah. we use uh we use TikTok ads for my site to get patients. You wouldn't believe we're getting 60-year-olds calling, "Oh, I saw it on TikTok." <laughs> I would have never yeah. expected. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's another reason why I do it too, not even just for the people that want to um transition over into this career, but just for, you know, patience right just for people to understand like there's a lot of people in regards to just patients that don't even know about clinical research mm -hmm. and what it for them right so just awareness on a full spectrum is just the mission of me you know promoting this page and this lifestyle right so i um, like it i love other content creators that that try to do this that stick around because we need more like we there's I've been doing this since 2010 on online, but it's I'm still not impacting. Like someone will resonate more with you, Dominique, and we need more awareness because there's there's such a shortage of staff and in this space and patients too. But the patients are the hardest ones to get. I think mm -hmm. if we get the staff, you get a better chance of getting patients like one yeah. on one. And and honestly, um, I went to an event that CVS sponsored, and I, I don't know if they still do, but they kind of do like outreach, right, to communities to raise awareness mm -hmm. for clinical research. And it really inspired me because it was like a very creative type of event where they kind of implemented like art with clinical research. And it was like a play to have people to understand like, what clinical research is like what it does for people how it helps people and kind of just like take away the negative uh things that people are kind of saying about it because I know sometimes people are not understanding of how it works and you know but I I definitely agree with you regarding the fact that there needs to be more awareness about this career and that more patients need to you know be aware of it and what it can do for them um and the benefits to it on all spectrums yeah i i have no idea how i didn't meet you earlier it's just because of tiktok you know why i'm on there i'm looking for memes to post on linkedin and then every now and then i come across your stuff and i always like it because i'm like okay she's telling ma's and cna's like mm -hmm. what it is and then i just there's a lot of nurses that i've kind of connected with or that follow that are like in the space of like, I just need something new or they're burned out, right? Mm. 
in their life. I tell them about that because it's real. Like in healthcare, you can experience burnout. I mean, it's something that I've experienced, right? And some nurses are kind of like in this position where they make so much and they feel like there's not something they can transition to. So I'm like, well, you have clinical research, you know, clinical research, you have the same um, opportunity to make what you make now or more, you know, I know some nurses make a lot, but still just to be able to transition from bedside to then working at home, you know, to traveling, that's a big shift, right? And then having like 12 hour shifts to transitioning over to more flexibility, right? So, I mean, there's so many things that we could sit here and talk about um, regarding just the importance of like what what I'm doing to raise awareness um, within this career. Well, we're going to have to do more collapse part two and three, um, but I'll keep following you on TikTok and now on Instagram, just followed to keep up the work that you're doing. Uh, I think you give, you, you've been giving good messages to not just MAs and CNAs, like you said, nurses, healthcare providers that, that resonate with that kind of content, you know, sometimes it's short form and you have for the longer ones, it's your YouTube channel. So it's very nice to meet you, Dominique, and I'm glad we're connected. Thank yes. you for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really um, appreciate this. It was nice meeting you, and I definitely look forward to, you know, connecting more in the future and um, just spreading more awareness within clinical research. That's right. We're just getting started, just like Dominique, guys. Go follow her LinkedIn right now. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Bye-bye.